Well, there you have it. The most consecutive losses in a single season for the Detroit Pistons in franchise history. The streak, the record, was just broken by the Detroit Pistons this year against the Los Angeles Lakers. Another rough loss, another rough watch. It just keeps getting worse. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons. Your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. I'm recording this after the Detroit Pistons loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. It's official. The Pistons have now broken their consecutive loss franchise record in a single season. Now, there is another point where they lost, I believe it was 28 games in a row, but that was through two seasons. It was like the end of one season to start the next one. Um, I believe it was. Um, But in a single season, they just broke their record, 15 straight. The Pistons have been around for 70-plus years. They've never lost this many games in a row. This game against the Los Angeles Lakers, they lost by 26. They were down by as much as, I believe, 33 um, in this game. Uh, Yeah, largest lead was 33. Um, Look, man, it's, it's, it's really rough right now for everyone involved. And I know we've gotten some reports from the beat writers. Um, They wrote some articles saying, you know, last week that there is no pressure on the front office to change anything. The ownership isn't putting no pressure on anything. Um, we talked about Mark Stein uh, writing about that as well on last podcast. I have to assume that this changes after this loss. The Pistons just set the record for most losses in a row in a single season for their franchise in a horrific game. And in this game, Kay Cunningham shot 6 of 15 from the floor, was a minus 33 in 23 minutes. Jane Ivey played 18 minutes and fouled out of the game. Played 18 minutes and had six fouls. Fouled out in 18 minutes. If those two guys are your building blocks, you have to go make a move. You have to make major changes soon or you will be setting them up for failure and they will you will break them you will break them now if you don't believe that you're they're your building blocks then do something make a change or make a decision based on that then but what you cannot do after breaking the franchise losing streak what you cannot do is continue to try out the same roster every night to continue to try out the same lineup the same everything. You cannot continue to trot this out and act like everything's okay and act like things are going to get better and act like this is part of the plan. It might be a part of the sick plan. Who knows? Maybe it is a part of the sick plan, but it shouldn't be. This is not like another bad team 
where, you know, like the bad teams we've watched in the past for the Pistons the last three years, where they're bad, but you can clearly see that they're trying to develop guys, they're trying to give guys minutes. You know, you're seeing, like, what they're trying to do here. They're tanking for a top pick in the, you know, whatever draft. You know, you can see, like, what they're doing. In year four of the rebuild, this, what's happening right now, is hurting everybody involved. It's hurting Cade. It's hurting Jaden Ivey. It's hurting Asar Thompson. It's hurting Jalen Duran. And you can throw whatever name you want out there on the roster. But those are the four main guys. But everyone on the roster is being hurt by this. By coming back out every single night, acting like things are just going to change. Because it's not going to change. Nothing's going to change unless the front office makes a move or ownership makes a move. Something has to happen. You cannot continue to run these guys back out there over and over and over again. Things need to change. Something has to happen for the betterment of everyone that's involved. After the game, Monty acknowledged, this is a tweet from Amari Sankofa the second. Monty acknowledged the spacing hasn't been good for Cade and Ivy. Anytime the paint is crowded, it's going to be pretty tough for Cade and Jaden to be efficient. We have to figure out spacing and how to help these guys out. If you watch this game against the Lakers, if you want to go rewatch it, if you haven't watched it for some reason, you're sick, go rewatch the game. I want you to watch how aggressive the Lakers defenders were playing at the nail and in the gaps defensively. And look at how crowded everything was on every driving lane. There, there were no driving lanes available, and that's how it is on, in every single game for the Detroit Pistons. Every single game, they're, they're just sagging off and playing aggressive as hell on whoever's the primary ball handler and making their life a living hell because they don't respect anyone else on the floor. Asar Thompson, he cannot shoot, okay? He can't shoot. He has to take three threes tonight. He's been having to take threes because he's in a lineup and he's with the roster where he has to take them. He's playing with Jalen Duran. He's playing with Isaiah Stewart. And all three of those guys cannot just not shoot threes. You're, first of all, that, that trio itself playing with Caden Ivey is, is doomsday. It's already doomsday, okay? It's not, it's not going to work, okay? It, it's already, you know, it's not good. But if none of them are going to shoot threes, then it's just it, 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 it's going to be even worse than what you think. So you're essentially forcing him to act as a spacer because you can't have three guys out there that aren't willing to shoot. So Stu's having to shoot and Asar's having to shoot. You're not going to ask Duran to shoot. So you're now. You're, so that's how you're hurting Asar. You're forcing him into a situation where he has to spot up and he has to take these threes when he's open. He ha- he's being asked to have to take these because of what the situation is. Kay Cunningham and Jane Ivey, like Monty Williams just said, are in living hell every single night because of the roster construction on this team, because of what they're being played out there with. There's no driving lanes available. There are no easy shots available. There are no easy, you know, half-court possessions for this team. The Detroit Pistons, I just saw a stat the other day, points per possession. The Pistons are the worst half-court offense in the entire NBA. Nothing's easy. For these guys, nothing's easy for your primary ball handlers. You're making life on, you're making their life as hard as possibly can be. And those guys need to be better themselves too. Both those guys look checked out at multiple times tonight. And that's the, there's so many other things I want to talk about. Like, the stay with the checked out point. I don't think guys, let me, let me correct that. I don't think guys are checked out entering the games. I think their morale and spirit are being broken 
Just like that. Like, it, it doesn't take much for their spirit to be broken. They don't believe in what they're doing. They don't believe in what's being showed to them. And they don't believe they can actually win. I don't care what they say after about how, you know, Isaiah Stewart came after the game again. I know, I love how Cade, the other night, I seriously do, came out after the game and said, we're bad. There's no hiding that. We're bad. We need to get better. This is not good. We're not in a good situation. We haven't played good. We're not playing good. Like, he was straight up about things. I know Isaiah Stewart came out after this game saying, hey, we know we're close. We're chipping away. We can feel it. Like, no, you're not. Stop lying and stop saying that. No one wants to hear it. Dwayne Casey over the last few years, they were not a good team, and I was very critical of Dwayne Casey. I was critical of Dwayne Casey. And I don't think I was wrong in any of my criticism. I don't think that he was... I'm not going to go in on Dwayne Casey at all. I'm just saying, I don't think he was great, and the team wasn't good at all either. They, They were bad too. But I, there was not one time I remember watching a Dwayne Casey coach team this over the last four years, five years, when they showed up and looked like they had just given up. And they didn't believe in what he was preaching, and they weren't giving max effort, and they weren't trying. There wasn't one time. They may get blown out. They may get you know killed on some nights. But there wasn't one game I can think of where that was the case with Dwayne Casey. Not one time. They played hard for him, and they believed. And they, and they played as hard as they could. Today... In the last few games, these guys are not, they're checking out into the game. Not As they enter the game, they're not already checked out saying, hey, we want to lose this game or anything. But as the game goes on, you can clearly see by their body language, by the way they play, the looks on their faces. And biggest thing, again, I'll say the second time, their body language, they don't believe in what's being brought on the court. They, it looks like they don't even believe in each other. It looks like they don't believe in themselves. And they get checked out throughout the game because they get broken just like that. They have to change something. They have to do something. Troy Weaver or Tom Gores, you have to do something. Because when a team gets like that, not only are you losing 15 in a row now, not only are you setting up your young guys to fail or your building blocks, if it is Caden Ivey, to fail, now everyone's spirit is gone. And now that that right there, that's, that's it. All the other stuff you can try to argue, I guess. When that happens... When everyone, when their spirit gets broken and they don't believe in what's going on and the players look like they're done on the floor and they're just lackadaisical and they don't care, like when that happens, it's over. Now you have no choice. There should be no choice. People need to be gone. Trades need to happen. Something needs to happen. Once that reaches that point, it's over. You're done. Like you can't come back from that. It's over with. Something needs to happen now. You've now reached the point of no return. Something has to happen now. Last point I'll make and, and then we'll move on. To how did we get here? I want to talk about that. But this is the last point I want to make real quick about this roster. I tweeted out in the third quarter of this game, I miss Trey Lyles. For those of you guys who are long-term listeners of this podcast, you guys probably are laughing right now because you guys remember how much I disliked watching Trey Lyles. But this is why I meant by this. When Dwayne Casey had Trey Lyles, with that roster the Pistons had the last few years, they had options with their personnel to do things that they wanted to do. For example, with Trey Lyles, we bring up the game all the time with Rex Klayman when he took over. He wanted to go five out to give Cade as much space as possible because Rudy Gobert was really swallowing up the paint. They spaced it out, and Cade dominated them in the second half. 24 points and eight assists. Just straight up ate them alive with five out. With this roster and this personnel, it don't matter what coach you have. I'm not saying Monty's been great at all. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, don't matter what coach you have, the personnel does not allow you to try these things. You don't have the personnel to do these things. You don't have the personnel to go spacing on the floor. You don't have the personnel to go five out. You don't have the personnel to really try any versatility. That's how, The roster construction is so bad 
that Monty Williams or whatever coach you wanted to put there, they don't have the personnel or versatility with this roster to do things like that. You just don't. This to stay with that specific example. If they want to go five out, how are they doing it? You say put Isaiah Stewart out there, but Isaiah Stewart's shooting 32% over the last 10 games, and we know that defenses don't guard him. Trey Lyles, guys been on his pump fake nonstop because they knew he was a scoring threat. He drove closeouts. He made guys pay on that. And Trey Lyles isn't even a great player. But simply having that type of option in your personnel allows a lineup like that to thrive. They don't have that option. And that's not the only lineup that they don't have an option to run. There's all kind, They don't have any versatility with this roster. It's bad. They need to make a change with the roster. They, they don't. This personnel is not good at all. I'm not for sure. I'm pretty sure that the Pistons have quite a few future NBA players on this roster. Like, I think in five to six years, you'll see a lot of these players somewhere in the NBA on the team somewhere. But together, it's terrible personnel, terrible roster construction. It doesn't make sense. Long long uh, segment. I'm sorry, locked on. Nick, look, man, I'm sorry. I went long. Sorry, but it, it had to I, Look, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. When we come back, how did the Pistons get here? I want to talk about that. Uh, when we come back, that should be an interesting conversation. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Game Time. And Game Time is amazing for me. You talk about all this negativity that we're talking with the Pistons, but Game Time brings some positivity. Because someone like me, I am a procrastinator, especially when it comes to buying tickets for any type of event. I'll wait till the last second. If I want to go to the movies like I did a few weeks ago to go see that new Five Nights at Freddy's movie, you know, which was, you know, I loved it. But... If, if I want to go to a movie event, if I want to go to a comedy event, a concert, a sporting event, a Pistons game, Lions game, if I want to go to any of that, I wait to the last minute. And it usually bites me in the tail. I get a bad seat. I get bad prices. I, all that stuff. With game time, you don't have to worry about that because they got killer last-minute deals all the way up until game time and sometimes even after game time. Game time is absolutely amazing, and that's why I love it. But there's all kinds of other things as well. Like I said, last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals. Another thing that's great about game time is that you can see on the app the view of the seat that you'd be picking at your event. So you don't get to the game or you get to the event, and you're wondering, oh, my God, these seats aren't even that great. If I knew that, I would have got different tickets. No, with game time, you can look at what it looks like from your seat before you buy them. Absolutely amazing. Another thing that I love with game time, don't have to go through you digging your email. You just have it on the app. Two taps, you're set. It's right there. Tickets are right there for you. I love Game Time. I think it's the best option out there for you if you're looking to get any tickets to any kind of event. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed with Game Time. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. How did the Pistons get here? How did they get here? And I'm not saying... I'm not, we're not going to go through, when I say, how did we get here? I'm not about to go through the entire existence of humankind. I'm not going to go through the entire existence of the Pistons. I'm not going to go through the entirety of this rebuild going all the way back to 2020. I want to talk about just this roster and this decision with this team this season. How did we get here? So I think in order to talk about that, you have to go to last year. 
And it starts with Kay Cunningham's injury. Kay Cunningham goes down, he gets hurt, he misses the entire season. So you don't get a chance to see how guys look with Cade. You don't get to figure out, you know, what guys fit to stay here, what guys you got to move on from. So instead of making that decision this past offseason about who to move on from, Troy Weaver decided that he wanted to wait again for this year to see how they looked with Cade. That decision then resulted in not being aggressive at all in the offseason. The Pistons entered the offseason with, I believe, either the second or third most cap space in the NBA this past offseason. And while the free agency class did not have superstars in there, they very clearly had productive NBA players. Example, I'm going to continue to point out. Let's go ahead and look over at the Houston Rockets. Dylan Brooks is not a superstar. Fran Van Vliet is not a superstar. You know, uh, Kelly Oubre for the Philadelphia 76ers playing extremely well. Not a superstar. But these guys are productive NBA players who have helped, for in Oubre's example, helped the Sixers survive and look fantastic without Harden. And in the Rockets' case, take the Rockets from where the Pistons are right now to the next level of looking like a playoff team in the Western Conference. Helped Alprun Sagoon look like an all-star, look like a franchise player. Helped Jalen Green develop. Helped Jabari Smith develop. Those are the type of players that were available. So, yes, while you may not have been able to get a star, there were certainly some role players that could help your team moving forward. However, the Detroit Pistons decided not to do that. They decided to bring back the same roster from last year, basically, and give it another go with Cade. That was mistake number one. The next step of this process was the NBA draft. Troy Weaver decided a decision I agree with, in of itself, but Troy Weaver de- decided to draft Asar Thompson, a guy who I think everyone agrees with in the Pistons community and in the NBA community, looks like a fantastic rookie, has been one of the best defenders in the NBA, ha- has an unlimited ceiling, and in five to six years, who knows what he's going to look like. This guy, if you're going just off of the pure prospect and most value pick, I think Asar Thompson was the right pick. I'm not mad that they picked Asar Thompson. I think he was the right pick from that standpoint. I think in a few years, Asar Thompson will be great. And I don't just mean good. I mean great. I think Asar will be great in a few years. Maybe even sooner. That's how good and how hard this dude plays. Uh, how hard his skill or how 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 much his... Uh, um, Work ethic. How great his work ethic is. This dude, both him and his brother, they are going to be great in this league. However, picking Asar Thompson was was not adding another spacer to this team. You did not add someone who could space the floor for Cade and Ivy. Actually, you added the exact opposite. Because Asar, so far, now I thought he would be a better shooter. He shot better at OTE from the NBA distance. I, that's why I'm really confused about with Asar is that he shot NBA threes in OTE. He wasn't shooting from the college line. He was shooting from NBA distance. And it was like a 29, 30% three-point shooter. And it was a really good three-point shooter the final like six games or something, especially on a pull-ups and a tougher shot diet as well. So I'm really confused, to be honest. I, I did not see this coming with how bad of a shooter he, he would be from beyond the arc immediately. I didn't think he'd be a good one, but I didn't think he'd be this bad of one. Either way, He's not a good shooter, and he's, he's hurting the spacing with that. If you are to get a Sar Thompson in the draft, which is I agree with, if you were to draft a Sar Thompson, and then you want to start him, 
with Cade and Ivy? Or do you think Asar is the future, which I think is correct decision, with Cade and Ivy? You then cannot... You can't then not acquire spacers to make that lineup work. Like we mentioned in the first segment, you cannot have Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, and Asar Thompson on the floor at the same time and think you are going to survive. It is not going to happen. You cannot have, and I know people will just point to Bojan, and he's hurt. One, the team knew he was hurt. They could have went and got his replacement. They were, if the report was true that they had two first-round picks for him, they should have traded him for two first-round picks and then used some assets to go get a legitimate impact player. But I, I'm not going to talk about that re- report that we just got from Skoto, um, well, today when I'm recording this. I'm not going to talk about that report because I don't know if I trust it completely. But they get did get two first-round picks. That's another miss, badly. Bad miss. Um, but anyways, Boyan was hurt. You knew he was hurt. You didn't get his replacement. You didn't get someone who, if he were to go down, a guy we just watched go down who's 34 years old, you didn't get a guy that could fill in and do what he does for the team. That uh, in and of itself is another mistake. And like we mentioned in the first segment, you didn't get a lineup where you would assume Asar and those and Cade and Ivy would be at their best, which is something I mentioned after they drafted Asar on the podcast numerous times, where you would have Asar at the four, a Struder at the three, and a stretch five at the five, and you essentially allowed Asar to be your pick-and-roll threat. Space the floor. You see how much gravity Asar has. You see how well he can get to the basket, how athletic he is, how good of a passer he is out of short roll, secondary playmaking. There would be so, there's so many. We talked about this all offseason. Why it's so, I'm, I'm so frustrated. There is so many creative ways you can use Asar Thompson because of his skill set, especially with Caden Ivey, but you just can't do it with this personnel. So you draft Asar which I don't think was the mistake, but you don't then go get players that can make it work. You don't then go get players that can bring the ability to run the versatile lineups that you can run with the Sar Thompson, with the type of player he is. If the Pistons have an option to run a stretch five, a legit stretch five, not Isaiah Stewart, like a Kelly Olenek, if they had like a legit stretch five with, heck, even Boyan at the three, or heck, maybe even Livers could maybe get away with it. At the three, with those guys, which, I look, I don't think, I know Livers had a good game tonight, but I don't think he's looked particularly looked good. I know he shot five of eight, but even with that watching, I don't think he played that great. Um, but I think Livers maybe could even do it with him at the three. But if you would have got guys in free, if you could have got some scorers, some spacers, some offensively gifted guys at the three and the five, I'm telling you, the lineup of Jaden Cade with Asar and those two guys, that lineup would kill. That lineup would kill. And you'd see all the different crazy ways you can use Asar. You can see all the crazy different things that Cade can do that we've seen him do with spacing in his career. We've seen what Cade has looked like with spacing. We know how good he's looked with spacing. We've seen the highs. We've seen him score 30-plus, an efficient 30-plus. We've seen him take teams down. We've seen it happen. We've seen Jay and Ivy play what? Like, we've seen all this stuff before. We know what it looks like. We know the recipe for success, but the Pistons double down on their mistake by not getting those veterans and guys that can help those scorers, those three-point shooters, by drafting a SAR who is not a spacer and then getting the guys that could make it work immediately. That was mistake number two. Mistake number three was hiring Monty Williams if this is what you want to do this year. Now, I know Troy Weaver did not want Monty Williams. I don't care what they say in the press conferences. We hear the reports. We saw how it went down. 
Troy Weaver obviously did not want Monty. Tom Gores did. Other members of the front office did. There's too many cooks in the kitchen in the front office. Trust me. Too many cooks in the front office. Troy Weaver wants something different. Other members of the front office want something different. And the, the ownership obviously wants something different. So there was, a, there was problems with that. Shouldn't you have gotten Monty Williams if you weren't going to add vets to the team? Because Monty Williams is a coach that you probably would want to have if you have a, t- a, a, a chance of being good this year or a chance of taking a step this year, like Emei Udoka's doing with the Rockets. If you, this is the route you want to go by just trying out whatever roster of young guys and just, you know, roll the ball out, let them play, you really should have just let Troy Weaver get Kevin Alley at that point, if that's what your plan was. You should have just let them get Kevin Alley, or heck, get another unexperienced coach then to let it grow with the roster then. Get, you should have got uh, um, a Chris Quinn. You should have got um, Adrian Gr- Like You should have got one of these guys. That was mistake number three. Mistake number four is where we're at right now. How we got here, you've gotten here, you've arrived here. The mistake number four will be not making changes and not saving and trying to fix the mistakes you've done. That will be mistake number four, and I'm waiting to see if they do decide to continue to double down, triple down, quadruple down on their mistakes. We'll see in the next few weeks. We'll see in the next few weeks. Let me know what you guys think, man. Comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Kukio. The Pistons are back at it tomorrow. When I'm recording this, by the time you guys listen to this, you guys, it's probably going to be tonight, the 30th. They're back at it on the 30th. They're back-to-back. Back at it. Question I want to ask, when will the Pistons win another game? Will it be tonight, tomorrow, 30th? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, and trust me, in Michigan, especially today, man, I was freezing. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 winning Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. A few years ago, when betting became legal in Michigan, Going through the apps, trying to find one that was the easiest to use, the most self-explanatory one. I wasn't, you know, hip to this kind of thing. And FanDuel was perfect for me. I love FanDuel. I've been using it ever since. It made it, again, so easy for me to use. I understood completely what was going on. Somebody I was a newbie. I loved all the options I had with FanDuel. The spreads, the player props, all that. You can have same-game parlays. So much stuff you can do with FanDuel. It's a lot of fun. And it's not just the NFL. It's the NBA. It's, it's soccer. NHL, you know, anything you think of, any sport, tennis, anything. It has it on their college sports. It has it on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Start up with the NBA season. Again, that's with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, Head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So I'm going I'm to break the, break the what, what's it called? Oh, my God. Is it the third wall? What, what's it called? Like the thing that Deadpool does and, and She-Hulk does. They break the, you guys know what I'm talking about. I can't think of the, the saying. Um, I'm going to talk to my guy, my our channel manager, Nick here. Nick, um. I'm I'm absolutely sorry about how this podcast is running a little longer. Absolutely sorry that, you know, third segment started at the 
27 minute mark. Um, but there's a lot to say. Pistons fans, you guys gotta let them know. There's a lot that we, we gotta talk about. There's a lot of things going on. It's really bad here, man. It's it's a lot of rough stuff going on, man. So you know, I need just a little bit more time. I need a little bit more grace. I think my listeners agree. I think you guys understand. Um, now nah, I'm just joking. Nick's amazing. Locked on is absolutely amazing. I'm just joking around with them. Um, so the Pistons are back at it immediately. Another back to back. Something that we talked about before the season. I told you guys the back to backs were going to kill them. Um, their schedule was spelling for a really bad, bad season, and people didn't want to hear it. But here we are, and you're seeing it kill them. Um, they played the New York Knicks. <laughs> the New York Knicks um, in New York, a team that has destroyed the Pistons, and Julius Randle destroys the Pistons every time they go against them. Um, so tomorrow's a loss, basically, is what I'm saying to you. It, it's a loss. They, they have lost to the New York Knicks. It, it, number 16 on the way. Um, my question for you guys is this. I want everyone to go in the comment section down below or tweet at me and tell me when will the Pistons win their next game? When will it happen? Let's go through the next few games. New York Knicks. The Cleveland Cavaliers. The Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. The Magic. Pacers. Sixers. Sixers. Bucks. Hawks. Jazz. Nets. Nets. Celtics. Raptors. Rockets. Jazz. Warriors. Nuggets. Kings. Spurs. January 10th, 2024. A new year, a new Pistons. So if you had, if you wanted my expectations and my guess, my 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 best guess, I say they have two chances. Wednesday, December sixth, against the Grizzlies at home. The Grizzlies aren't that good. They do have much better players than the Pistons, but the Grizzlies aren't that good either. So there is a potential chance. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, ta- I wouldn't bet that they would, but I think that's a chance. And then. 2024, 2024, January 10th, against Wemby and the Spurs. The Spurs are really bad too, but I think Wemby's probably better than everyone on the team right now for the Pistons at this point. Um, so that may be not even an easy one. Point is, I know a few weeks ago we said 20 games was in play. Yeah, I'm not joking. I like, I know that was kind of like la- we laughed a little bit. Like we all laughed together. We all, ha ha ha, you know, funny stuff. Um, yeah, no, I think. 20 games might actually happen. And I actually, I think it's probably likely to happen. (laughs) I think it probably is likely. And at this point, I'm not going to lie to you guys. There ain't much to hope for with wins or playing or anything like that. This, you can call me sick. You can call me a sick individual. But there is a part of me that Loki wants to see how bad they can get this. (laughs) But part of me really does want to see just how far they can push this record. How far, how many more games can they lose in a row? Part of me wants to know, can they get to the 28-game NBA streak? Like, that's, can they reach that? Can they break that record? I think it's possible, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's honestly possible. It's it's sad that that's what, like, what we're watching. I might put, like, a ticker on the podcast now. We might have, like, a ticker that, how many games is the NBA record? And then when they break it, we might, like, I might bring in, like, uh, what are they, confetti, balloons. Like, we might have a little party on the – actually, you know what? When the Pistons break their winning, their losing streak, we will have a podcast. We, we will have a party podcast. I We will come on here. I will have balloons. I will be in a funny outfit. Like, we will celebrate on this podcast. 
I'm telling you right now, book it, write it down, it will happen. But yeah, that's all I've got for you guys, man. That's all I've got for you. I hope you guys are doing well out there, though. Watch some fun basketball. There's some fun basketball across the league. Don't suffer by just watching the Pistons. That's all I've got for you guys, man. Um, hit that subscribe on the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review, whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. I'll see you guys in the next one. Again, stay safe out there. Drive safe, especially here in Michigan with this cold weather and icy roads. Stay safe out there. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.